0: Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Helen Tanzi. She is a photographer based here in Toronto. How are you doing this morning, Helen?
1: I'm good, Brad. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here and share a bit about your story and your journey. It's uh, it's nice to finally connect with you. We've been trying to get this done for a while, so it'll be good to finally get into this and Hear about your story. I'm really excited and appreciative and thankful to have you here today.
1: Uh, well, i thank you for for being patient because I know we had to reschedule a few times. But yeah. also thank you for having me as a guest, and thank you for having a podcast like this for women. It's really needed. And thank you.
0: Oh, it's my honor and my pleasure. So let's jump in. As I mentioned, Helen, you are a photographer. You've been a photographer for over 30 years, but it all got started for you on the other side of the camera. How did you get into modeling in Europe?
1: So I was was in Toronto and I was with my brother and we were walking through a mall and a gentleman came up to me. His name is Elmer Olson. And he came up to me and he said, hey, have you ever model and blah, 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 blah. And then from there, we checked him out. And right away, I was sent to Europe. So I Uh modeled in Paris and in Milan. And I didn't, you know, I always, I was so horrible. So I didn't enjoy being a model, but what I did enjoy was the photography part. I was always so much more interested in what the photographers were doing. Right. And a lot of times after shoots, I would ask them if I could stay and hang out and help them develop the film. And I was always, I think I drove them crazy asking them (laughs) questions, (laughs) but yeah, so, so that part of it was always more interesting. And then I came home, I came back and I was a little lost for a little bit. My brother had passed. Away, So I was a little oh, lost and wasn't sure where, what direction I was heading in. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting a job working for a photographer and his name was Nick Siflow, And at the time he was the only photographer in town who shot, who did photos of actors, actors headshots. Okay. And so I did all the admin work. I booked all the appointments. I cut, do you remember like back in the day where you'd have to cut the negatives and sleeve yep. them and
2: oh, yeah. get
1: all, yeah, did all that sort of stuff. And then I just did photography on the side with friends of mine. And then agents started saying, you know, these are actually really good. And I got a bank loan and I ended up going out on my own. And it was really, it was really wonderful because I, I felt like all the doors just kept opening. And to me, that's always a sign that you're meant for something, yes. you know, when the doors keep opening and it doesn't mean it isn't hard. No, <laughs> but,
0: of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about when you, when you talk about being a photographer or being an artist in general, you go to your parents and say, oh, you know what, I, I don't want to go to you. I want to be, be an artist. Uh, oh, you can't make money at that. What are you thinking? And so there's that road, first of all, that uphill battle. And then, I mean, the fact of being a new entrepreneur and, and starting a business is tough enough. But when you have people saying, oh, what do you want to do that for? You can't make money at that.
1: You're right. And it's funny because I get that a lot. When I photograph a lot of young actors, you know, this is their passion. This is what they want to do. And, and I think parents have changed. I think parents are more accepting of their yeah. kids, you know, having different professions, yeah. but I do find that sometimes they're like, yeah, my family thinks I'm crazy. Or I went to school to be a lawyer, but you know, I want to be an actor. And my thing is that you should always follow your dreams. Yes. Cause even if it doesn't mean that you're going to be an actor, Maybe when you pursue that, you'll find the love of your life, or maybe yeah. you'll find directing, or maybe you'll find like me, photography, who knows, yeah. right? But that that passion, that dream is there for a reason. And it's our responsibility to ourselves to our spirit to our soul to follow that
0: 100% to see what is on the yeah. other side of it. it I mean it like you said it may lead you down a completely different path but at least you started that journey and it took you to where you're supposed to be but yeah I agree with you we should not ignore the universe and not ignore those signs as you said when mm-hmm. all the doors start opening you can't ignore it you have to follow it absolutely absolutely so how long did you model for? And did you enjoy any of it at all? Or did you just completely hate the experience of being a model? Uh,
1: you know what? <laughs> I, <laughs> I if it's not for everybody, do you know? And again, like I didn't pursue it. Like I was, you know, I'm putting my fingers up those quotations. Like I was yeah. discovered, right? So I found, I mean, yeah. I mean, there was fun on the photo shoots. You know, when I was in Paris, I was really fortunate because the owner of the agency I lived with him everybody thought we were having an affair which we weren't right but he let me live with him because my father had said if anything happens to her I will kill you <laughs> so <laughs> so I think it put the fear in him yeah. and so I you know I had a beautiful place that I stayed in there was a model back in the day called Renee Simmonson who was just unbelievable and she was remember John Taylor from Duran Duran yeah so that was her boyfriend. So I oh, went out wow. with them a couple of times, which was, you know, like, I mean, it was pretty cool. Like, those, like, there were definitely moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But also, there is a lot of, like, this is going back into the 80s, right? So there's a lot of drugs. I never did drugs. It, it always, like, scared the heck out of me. And I think now looking back at it, like, yeah, there are some great moments, but I can honestly say as a woman that, Being in that industry also, for me, like now as a woman, there are elements of how I feel about myself, my body, that is, I think if I wasn't a model, I wouldn't have those issues.
0: Right.
2: Okay. You know, like I find
1: that it can be yeah, like your, you know, your value is what you look like, right? And your value is how, and back then, especially how thin you were. And yeah, so I don't know, I kind of have a love hate about it. But I but I love it, because it led me to photography. And I've been doing this for so long. And I, I really feel privileged, and honored that I have a job that I love to do.
0: Yeah, that's that's it right there. That's the key is finding your passion or your purpose and and loving what you do to be able to wake up every morning and go to work loving it that that is a, a privilege i think that's it's an incredible thing to be able to say you're able to do that
1: yeah i agree because I agree.
0: you you think about the millions upon millions of people who end up stuck in a job they hate and are miserable going to work every day and they do that for the for their entire lives i mean think about all the time we spend working it's crazy
1: I know. I know. And then it's, yeah. And I remember having that. I remember having jobs where you'd look at the clock and go, okay, four more hours Yeah, (laughs) yeah. down, right. Or you camp down the days to the weekend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're living for, you're living for the weekend. Like you're, you're wishing away five days a week. When you think about it, that's exactly what you're doing. Isn't that kind of sad? Really? When you, when you, Loverboy
1: did a song on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When you really look at that though,
1: the weekend. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's totally, it's so sad that so many people end up doing that. You're wishing away five days out of seven.
1: And if you can do it when you're young, because I think as you, I mean, you're, you know, you're married and you have kids and same with me that we're a little bit more risk adverse as we get yes. older, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if if we're lucky enough when we're younger to start to um pursue our passions and build it so that You know, we know that, okay, this is what I love to do because it's much harder to make those changes when, you know, you have a mortgage and paying, you know, for university for your
0: kids, right? Yeah, for sure. Did you take any educational training to become a photographer or was it all on the job learning and and self-taught? All
1: self-taught. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, again, I did work when I worked with Nick Siflo, he did, you know, I would watch him. He showed me a few things. Yeah. There's another photographer who's really lovely, Denise Grant, and she showed like I did have like a few people along the way sort of give me little tips and show yeah. me things, which was really great. But I'm still learning, you know, like when I first started, it was it was film, it was all studio light now it's digital. now I'm using more natural light so having to figure that out. I don't know what you're like as a photographer, but I love you know when I look at you know editorial spreads or things I'm like, how did they do that? How did yeah. they get that lighting and, yeah. and what I'm realizing now some of it isn't lighting some of it's you know the like the, the editing part of it. Yes. but I still like to experiment and I still like to sort of you know I see pictures of what that photographers do and I'm in awe of, and I'm like, they do that. (laughs) I want to know how
0: natural light. I mean, like you said, that, that all the studio studio lighting and whatnot, and now transitioning into natural light that it is such beautiful light, natural light. Um, I'd like to actually venture more into using natural light as opposed to studio lights.
1: Uh And it's hard though at times, because, you know, you're living in Canada yeah. You know, yeah. the colder, like, even though it's light, the you know, natural light, the light is cooler. Yes. Right. Yeah. So sometimes when I look, you know, like I've, I loved Peter Lindbergh and Herb Brits and yeah, you know, they were, they're in California.
2: Right? Yes, exactly. So some, <laughs> it just
1: opens up a whole new world of what you can do for, you know, for, for backdrops and yes. all that sort of stuff and lighting and yeah. yeah, but it's fun. It's, it's a creative process that I still really enjoy.
0: Yeah. So how far into your journey as a photographer did you decide decide that hey I want to make a living at this and turn this into a business and this is this is what I want to do with my life Well I
1: kind of didn't I mean I I was working as you know for for Nick and then Nick left the industry and a gentleman named Leonard bought his company and bought specifically the printing because back then Everybody was getting their headshots printed, right. you know, your yeah. eight by tens. Yeah, and so he, Leonard, actually saw some of the work that I was doing because I was because I stayed when Nick sold the business. I stayed to help Leonard.
2: Okay, and
1: and he was like, he thought, you know, you should do this, and so he helped me also. Like he really pushed me to do it, and it just, it just kept happening. Like it just kept people were interested, and I think also too, besides when I mentioned Denise Grant. And back then she was doing a few headshots, but she was doing more, um, more editorial stuff and a lot of um, country singers, country music, sort of shooting albums and everything. And there weren't a lot of female photographers back then, Mm -hmm. right? Doing, especially my, like, you know, my little niche, which I was doing was headshots. There weren't really many of them. So I think that was, I think that uh, worked in my advantage a little bit too.
0: For sure. Do you remember what your very first paying gig as a photographer was? If so, I mean, obviously it was headshots, but was it yeah. an actor? Was it corporate? It was an actor. An actor?
1: I don't remember the first person because as you know, like when I first started, I had a lot of my friends that are actors and models. Yeah. So I did a lot of freebies to build up my portfolio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I started, and I remember when I started, like, I think I charged like 150 Wow! And that was for, right? And that was like for a full shoot, like a three hour shoot. And that was, you know, that just seemed like so much and so incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I don't, I don't remember who my first paying, I should know who my first paying person is, but I don't really remember
2: (laughs) when I do
1: meet people, but I do like, the other day, a couple of weeks ago, her name is Cindy Sampson, and she's on, um, she's the lead on that show um, Private Eye with Jason Priestley.
2: Okay, yeah. And
1: so she came in to get her pictures done, but she she brought her old pictures that I had done like 20 years ago wow. to show me. And I was like, oh my God. And it was just completely different style, right? Like that was yeah. when, remember when it was called the rebate border, where it was that messy negative border? Yeah. And- yeah. And that fabric painted backdrop, yeah. which I hope comes back. Cause I do love that. <laughs> um, you mean the, the but, backdrops, but like, um, you know, that were painted, you know, remember the backdrops, like they were gray and kind of looked like clouds and swirled. And
2: yeah, you remember
1: yeah. like the canvas backdrops.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For yeah.
1: Sure. But I think that's one of the things that I love is that people come back and it's like, you build this and you know, when you shoot too, Brad, like it's really intimate, the time yes, that you have with people.
2: Sure. For sure. And that's
1: part of, and it's not, it's not intentional. I think that we do that. I think no. it's part of our personality that brings us into this profession too, but you need that because a lot of people are very nervous getting their pictures. That's done, right. You have, right. To. So when you can bring that down and connect with yes. them and again, like it's not a formula, I think it's just in our personality and maybe why we choose this profession too.
0: That's right. I was just going to say that is, I think that is an incredibly important and necessary part of being a photographer that I don't think that gets talked about a lot. It's always about the technical and you've got to know how to light. Ooh. And yes, of course, you know, you have to know how to light and you have to know how to pose. But I think that equally as important, even if not just a little bit more is the fact that you have to know how to relate to your clients and make them feel at ease and make them feel comfortable. You have to know how to connect with people. I agree. You have to.
1: I agree. And it's almost like, you know, and I hear hairdressers say this too. And the same, I think with us, it's like, sometimes it's like a therapy session. Yeah.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> you're a yeah, yeah. part therapist for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Back to the, your, your thing, of, you're mentioning the backdrops. Like, are you talking about the backdrops, like the ones that Annie Leibowitz uses and, and stuff like that, like that type of backdrop?
1: Yeah, like those big, large canvas ones that have been painted, and sometimes they're gray, or they've got gold yeah. and browns, and, but it's just no, that I sort th- of rich I texture. I think those
0: are coming back. I think those are making a comeback.
1: I hope they do.
0: Yeah, they're I they're they beautiful. Do. I mean, the ones that Annie Leibowitz uses, those are expensive. I actually interviewed, um, oh, I can't remember what her name is. I can't believe her name escapes me, but... She owns the company that that Annie Leibovitz uses their her backdrops. Um, oh, I'll have to. I'll, I'll I'll look. I'll find out before we before we finish up here, and I'll I'll bring it back up again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I bet they are expensive.
0: Oh, oh yes, <laughs> very yeah. expensive. Well,
1: maybe we'll 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 pitch in and we'll do it together, and yes. we'll like, like week yes. on, week off. You get it one week, I get it one that's week. right. We'll
0: do a custody thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, of the backdrop. <laughs>
0: Helen, when you aren't actually shooting paid photography work, what mm-hmm. do you do to keep your mind in that creative space? Like personal projects? What type of stuff do you like to do?
1: Hmm. I do I mean, I spend a lot of time with my family, with my boys. Okay. I would like to say that I photograph them, but they're at an age now where they're like, I always want to take pictures of them, but they're like, Mom, please stop. <laughs> So i we've I had enough
0: of this when we were younger.
1: Had, yeah. It drives them. It drives them crazy. Like actually when cameras come up now they walk away. So
2: <laughs> it's,
1: yeah. Mm. But you know, before COVID, one of the things we did as a family, like I'm, I'm a big traveler. We've traveled a lot, Japan and China and all over the world. So traveling is a, is a big passion. And I, um, I do shoot when I travel, like when I went to Africa, I, I, that was just my dream. And, yeah. and I shot a lot there, but I do find sometimes when I travel, I pick a day where I'm going to shoot because yeah. sometimes it does feel like work. Like sometimes I, like my husband will say, Oh, are you going to bring your camera? And I'm like, Nope. Like I, I need to step away from that. Yeah. And then other things like I, you know, I spend time with my family. I I'm so fortunate with the women that I have in my life who I connect with I have my med. You know, it probably sounds boring, but I have a very strong meditation practice okay. that is a huge part of my life, and and it helps me in everything that I do. So I spend a lot of time doing my self care with that, also. Okay. And then I've got my dog Harvey. Who, there
0: you go. If I've anybody seen follows in me, he's Harvey.
1: <laughs> yeah. I take tons of pictures of him, and he actually now. Well, has he'll I he'll, never,
0: my- he'll never he'll uh, never oh. fight it or complain. <laughs>
1: No, he does. He turns his face away. Does now. he? Yeah. Like he's just also had enough of me. So I always have to have <laughs> treats when I take. pictures. Oh,
0: Mom's him. got the camera again. Here we go again. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah.
1: But what about you? Like, do you take lots of pictures of your girls? Cause you have two um, girls. Yeah.
0: I, I used to, they're no longer living at home. So I don't. Okay. I used to, and they used to do the same things. Like really, do we have my youngest more so than my older it's like, Oh, yeah. we had really, we just did a shoot with you a little while ago. Do we really have to do another? I'm like, come on, let's, I just want to, let's just do some portraits. Come on, come on, come on. But yeah, they're, they're of the same mind. It's Like really? No, put yeah. the camera away. We're done. We don't want it. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to photograph aside from obviously what you do for a living headshots? What, what do you like to photograph when you're just out with your camera
1: I think it depends on where I am. I have a huge... I love trees. So when I travel places, I love taking pictures of t- trees. Right. I would say probably... I'm not what you were saying earlier about you know technical and stuff like that. I think that friends of mine who do product photography or landscape photography like it's unbelievable what they do my work is no not at all near what they do because I'm not I'm I I don't you know it's a whole different way of lighting and setup and stuff like that so but it's just more for me you know it's just more for me to to do that sort of thing and and then I like taking pictures you know when I've traveled of of people but candid you know yeah. so i bring like really long lenses so that they don't know that i'm taking pictures of them That sounds right. kind of creepy but you know like no, doing know some more you yeah yeah we or and i find too like i remember being in europe and just sitting on a bench and all of a sudden, like after about an hour, people don't notice you. You kind of blend into the background. <laughs> yeah. And that's when you can start taking pictures. Because if you just sit down and pull out your camera and start taking pictures, it's like people are aware of it. Yeah, you're sitting on you alarm bells. Kind of, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if you just kind of sit there and all of a sudden, you know, you have your camera on your lap. And when you're ready, you start shooting. I find that it changes also that people don't really notice you as much.
0: Yeah, I love Going to New York City and shooting. I love that city for photography. That the people, the architecture, just everything is so incredible about New York City. For that,
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: Oh, so I re- I found I remember the name of uh, the backdrops, the name of the studio, font Studios.
1: font. I'm going to write that down and check yes. it
0: out. <laughs> I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link.
1: Okay, thank you. Thank yeah, you. The,
0: her her work is beautiful, and they're all hand painted. Just amazing, amazingly beautiful backdrops and I mean you could custom order yours colors all it's it's incredible
1: oh I look forward okay uh, yeah nice. please send me that link
0: yes I will so you've photographed quite a few celebrities how did mm-hmm. you get your foot in the door in that world of shooting celebrities like how did that happen
1: I don't know it just happened <laughs> and then you right like I it just sort of happened and then people see like oh you photographed Gordon Ramsay and then They, you know, they want to hire you to shoot, you know, somebody else. Or sometimes it's people, I'm just trying to think, like, we're, it's timing. Like, I remember when I shot Carrie Ann Moss, it was right before she did the Matrix. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're beautiful photos that we did together. And, but they would just be beautiful photos. But then when she got, you know, obviously she became, she blew up when she did the matrix. And then all of a sudden those photos are more interesting to people. Right. Right. And then I'm more interesting to people. So yeah, I think some of it is, is, is just luck and timing, to be honest.
0: Yeah do you remember who the first big name celebrity was that you photographed?
1: You know what I remember? I remember when I photographed, I mean, I've shot a few before him, but when I photographed Gordon Ramsay, I knew who Gordon Ramsay was, but I didn't know how big he was. Okay. So when I went in to photograph him, I was just like, Hey, and he was really nice guy, really funny and and great. I was, I was a bit shocked how tall he was (laughs) because I'm tall. Right. So I wasn't expecting, I was expecting this little, you know, Scottish guy, but he was yeah. like very tall and really nice guy. And then afterwards, I you know I put the pictures up on my website, and I did that, and all of a sudden people were like, "Oh my god, you Chuck Gordon Ramsey, Chuck Gordon Ramsey." And I didn't realize how big he was, right. which is probably a good thing. Yes, because it yeah. might be intimidating for me on my end, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you get intimidated or? for lack of a better term, starstruck. Have you ever been when you're shooting a celebrity? Is there Mm -hmm. anyone that comes to mind that you've been starstruck by or really nervous? Like, Oh my God, I got to photograph this person.
1: I don't, I'm just trying. I think more, it's not intimidated, but more of an excitement. Yeah. Like even, so even when I did my, my Sundari women book, when I photographed uh, Jennifer Dale and Wendy Crewson, mm-hmm. like those are two incredible women, they've been in the industry a long time, they're amazing, amazing actresses, and I just have so much respect for them. So meeting them was just, it was, I was so excited to meet them and work with them. And obviously you get a little nervous because you want to make sure that they're going to be happy too with their their pictures. But I think it's more of an excitement that I feel. Okay. I mean, listen, if somebody booked me to shoot Keanu Reeves, I would be answering this question completely differently, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or Jane Fonda. I, yeah. I would just, I think I would be trembling taking right. her pictures because I just adore her.
0: Right. <laughs> Helen, what's your favorite thing about being a photographer? What lights you up the most about it?
1: The people Yeah. I get to meet so many incredible people. I would say, of my friendships, of the people in my life, I've met through this business. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in this business, you know, since in my 20s. Right. But my early, like 2020, and then so, but I think, yeah, I think that the relationships that I have created with people, and then even when people come into my studio, it's just... That's what I enjoy the most with what I do. It's that collaboration, you know, it's not just me, it's me, it's them. It's the makeup artist. And when it all comes together, it's magic, Yeah. you know? So I always, when people say, oh, you took a great photo, it's like, well, thank you. But it's like, it's because of that person too. And it's because of my makeup artist, Sam, like, it's not just me. It's that collaboration of us all working together. And I really enjoy that process.
0: Awesome. Which artists or photographers do you look up to and admire?
1: My favorite was Herberts. Okay. I loved, loved, loved Herberts. I thought he had, his photos were great, but what made him great in my, for, for me, was that he caught the essence of the person. Like anybody can take a beautiful, not anybody, you can take a picture <laughs> of someone and go like, oh, that's a nice picture of them. Yeah. But what he, but, but I like when I look at a picture and I feel that person. Yeah, right. So where it doesn't feel posed, it doesn't feel staged, like you get a sense, you see that connection in the eyes. And
2: yes, you know,
1: her Brits was unbelievable for that it would be a picture like there's a famous picture of Julia Roberts, where she's in the water screaming, and she's just wearing like, um, men's like a a man's t-shirt and man's right. underwear, and and it's like maybe not the most beautiful photo of her, but it, it is, but because it, it's her. But it's just the whole energy of it, and he completely caught that moment of her, and that I just think he was amazing. And and Peter Lindbergh, he loved women. He photographed women so incredibly well, and so respectfully and powerfully. And I do like Annie Leibovitz too. Yeah, I think you know she's. I mean, she's an icon, right? She's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I like her stuff because she kind of hers is a bit more stylized. Yeah. Right. Like she really creates a story of, of her care, like, you know, of of her subjects where it's not just a picture of them. It's like, okay, well who is Gwyneth Paltrow and what is she about and, and bringing in the props and the scenery and everything to create that whole story. Right. Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. What inspires you to create create art? Where do you pull your inspiration from?
1: I think seeing for photography, I think sometimes when I see other photographers work, I get inspired for sure by the people themselves when I'm photographing them. I really love listening and watching them and sort of seeing what it is about them that stands out to me, what is about them that stands out to them, sort of bringing that forth. Yeah, I feel, again, my meditation practice helps me because it clears me. Right. And I think that because of that, it helps me be better at everything that
0: I do. Excellent. Yeah. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful?
1: Hmm. Oh, my gosh, that's a hard question. (laughs) Um, I think. Because I love what I do and because I love people. So I think a lot of people, Maya Angela once said, people will forget what you said, they will forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And I really try everybody who comes into my studio, everybody I meet, but everybody who comes into my studio, I want them to feel seen and I want them to feel special. And I would say hopefully 90% of the people that I photograph when they leave, they feel that. you know, they, they feel, they feel good and they feel good about themselves and how they felt. So I think maybe that would be one of my superpowers.
0: Okay. I I don't know about you, but I feel that when people come in for a shoot for a photo shoot, I think, yes, of course, the pictures are what they're there for. And it's, that's, that's Mm -hmm. incredibly important. But I think that for me, anyways, it's more about the experience than than the photos. The photos are the byproduct of the experience. I think it's all about the yes. experience. That's the most important part of it. And at, and the reason I'm thinking about that is because of what you just said, that making people will remember how you made them feel. And that's what it's about, is how do, you, do your clients feel in that experience and in that moment? And when they leave, how are they feeling? How have you left yes. them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Yeah. And I also think too, that when I first started, you know, we're, I'm, you know, I don't know how old you are, but I think, you know, we're, we're getting well, we're older in this yes. industry. Yeah. yeah. And I think that what happens is that when you're younger, it's like, you know, you got to be the best, you got to be the best. Yes. And there's a softening that happens as you age. And there's like, yeah. You know, if somebody shoots with me, great. If they decide to shoot with another photographer, that's okay. Like there's enough work out there for everybody. Yes. And... And like, like letting go of your ego, you know, like if somebody right. decides to shoot with another photographer instead of me, like again, like that's okay. Maybe they'll yep. come back to me one day, or maybe I'm going to shoot someone who decided to shoot with me instead of that person. And, and again, it's like that, you know, if we all take our bucket down to the ocean, we can all fill it up.
2: That's right. You know,
1: so, yeah. and, and that relieves a lot of pressure too
2: yeah right
1: because it's when when you do that because i think when you're like oh i gotta get that gig i gotta get that gig yeah. there's like a desperateness and and yeah. all of a sudden you lose the essence of why you're actually doing what you're doing that's right you're right. coming from fear or, or you know i gotta get the shoot so i can pay my rent or yeah but when you just trust that it'll come it will
0: that's right it, it's community over competition i've always said yes that. I mean, I can remember telling people when I said I was going to make the jump and go full-time with it, you're, what, really? You're crazy. Like, th- there's so many photographers out there. Yeah, sure, there are. There's lots of photographers, but there's more than enough work to go around for everybody because no one shoots like me. No one has my eye. No one sees yeah. things the way I do. So my clients will come to me for me.
1: I agree. And you know what I remember when I first started? Do you remember Field of Dreams? Yep. The I remember her. I would say, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. If you build it. That was like my little mantra, you know? <laughs> and and it did. Like, it and look happened. at you now. And, yeah. <laughs> but it's. But I do. But, like, you know, there's lots of lawyers out there. There's lots of doctors out yes. there. There's lots of hairdressers. There's lots of everything out there. Right.
2: There's lots right? of actors. And also, actors. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And you want to spread it too, because I think that if it's like one person who dominates it, like that's a lot of pressure for you. Yeah. Right. And not everybody, you know, not everybody's going to like my style and and that's, you know, and that's, that's okay. Right. Like my idea of photography or beauty is different than somebody else's. And I'm so glad that there's other photographers that do it differently because it takes the pressure off you then.
0: Not everybody is going to be your client.
1: Yes. And that's not everybody's going to get you or get that's me. right.
0: That's right. That's not everyone's totally going fast. to resonate or like your work. And that's okay. Yeah. Because there are people who will.
1: Exactly. And that's where you want to focus your energy on instead of what's not coming to you, focus on what is coming to you.
0: That whole mindset thing, though, know, that's a very tough thing to wrap your head around and ease into and get into and have it become part of your belief system. It's it's not easy to do, but once you do it, your whole world changes. It completely changes and opens up.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win?
1: My biggest high?
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh, my family. I, I yeah. mean, they are without my... I mean, I get teary-eyed. I mean, my husband you know, when I met him, he helped me bring a lot of my dreams to life. You know, I'm first of all loving him, that I get to love him every day, um, that I get to be loved by him, that I have these two incredible boys that are just, you know, I learn from, and they're just incredible. And just watching, you know, having kids, like yeah. just watching them become these adults, yes. you know, and yeah. it's so amazing. And I think that, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with my work, but it does because again, like if I'm, because I am happy in my personal life and feel so fulfilled. And you know, too, like when you're in something good, everything is good, right? And when you're and we've all had that when we've been in toxic relationships, and it permeates into other things, right? For sure. So I think that having a lovely family for me has given me the freedom to really step into who I am as a woman, because Mm -hmm. I know that I'm loved and respected and held in that space.
0: Yeah. What is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received, Helen?
1: Oh my gosh! I've gotten so many. <laughs> I don't. You know what? I, I may. I might have to circle back to okay, that. I don't. Okay. We can
0: come back to that one. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. How do you define success? What does that word mean to you?
1: For me, success is, for me, like in my business or in my life that that I'm enjoying it. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I don't have difficult times. It doesn't mean that I don't have times where I'm down or I doubt myself. But I, I would say 80% of the time I feel fulfilled in my mm-hmm. life. And I feel and happy is such a ugh, word to me. But, right. but just that like I feel connected, like I feel connected to my work, I feel connected to the people around me. And it's almost like Oh, that side, you know, yeah. like it's yep. just, it's, it's, I, and, and I enjoy, and I haven't always had that, you know, and when, you know, the first part of my life was really, really difficult. And so having that now and knowing that I have that and that, you know, I was part in creating that is for me success.
0: Okay. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours?
1: Oh, go for it. You know, find out what your, find out, first of all, find out what your niche is. Because photography is like a big umbrella. Yeah. So what is it like? Do you like photographing people? Do you like product? Is it more industrial? Like find out what, you know, it is that you like about it. Uh-huh. And then just start to explore it. And like, I, you know, I've met photographers that are technically like they are unbelievable. Yeah. But they couldn't take a picture of a person if their life depended on it. Right. You know, so finding that, like, what, what, what is your passion? What is it that you like? And then, and I mean, I didn't study photography, but I do think that that's important to do, but uh-huh. also just go shoot. Yeah, you experiment and just and don't let that that fear of it not working out stop you, you know, like just go for it. And when and when you'll do something, you go, oh, well, that's not what I wanted to do. And it's like, then, well, why? Why isn't it? Was it your exposure? Was it the wrong time of day? Was it your subject and peel back the layers? Right. And then how can you get that? And and that's how we learn. Right. We learn from our mistakes. So,
0: Yeah. yeah, just keep just keep shooting. Shoot as much as you possibly can.
1: Yeah. I mean, you. Sh- I still sometimes will take a picture and one of the flashes won't go off. And then I'll look and I'll go, oh, that's actually a really good photo. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, it was, but it was by accident.
0: Happenstance. Mm-hmm. Happenstance.
1: Happenstance. Yeah. yeah. For yeah.
0: Sure. Who have been the three most influential people in your life?
1: Oh, My brother, my brother, David. Yeah. My husband. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one. Because <laughs> I've got, I've got a few, and you know what? I'm going to have to say right now where I'm at. My boys, they yeah. inspire me. They inspire me so much. I learn so much from them, and you know too. Like as we get older we kind of we forget things like just like when they're young like that innocence and that like yeah. go for it. why not you yes. know and you know they, they'd walk out the door wearing you know striped pajamas and a and you're like what are you doing and it's like <laughs> this is what I want to wear and I'm like yeah. okay you know like I don't care what other people think and
0: yeah that's it you
1: know yeah
0: awesome what does the word empowerment mean to you Helen
1: I think empowerment for me is something that is within me it's in my grasp to find it's in my spirit and my soul to discover and when you discover it staying with it and releasing it
0: okay what would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life and what was your life like before learning it and what was your life like after learning it
1: i think I would say for me, uh, oh my gosh, there's a few. These questions are good because it's like there's not one answer. But I think what I learned from my brother was unconditional love, Mm -hmm. right? And when you have somebody who loves you, and he set such a high standard for me that when I met, you know, meeting my husband, I knew he was the right person because I learned what real love is and what unconditional love is, and. I think before that, I didn't have that for myself. And because of that, you know, I made a lot of mistakes and maybe mm-hmm. date, didn't uh, date the right people that were right for me. Yeah. But just when you, that un- when you are loved unconditionally, it, it gives you value for yourself. It knows that you're lovable. You are lovable. And when you're lovable, when you really believe that. I think that it's something that that can't be taken away from you. And it sets a standard of, for me, a standard of what you want in your life and what you will not put up with and not have in your Uh, life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How would you like to be remembered?
1: Oh, it's so funny. I listened to this podcast the other day and this gentleman, he works with a lot of athletes. And when one of the things that he says is like, what do you want on your tombstone when you pass? And and it was interesting because he said, nobody said like, oh, that I have 10 houses and five cars or that I have all the money <laughs> yeah. in the bank, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's that this was a kind and loving person. This was a person who cared. And and when I thought, I thought, I, first of all, I love that. I just thought, what a great way of looking at our yeah. lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that I want to be remembered as being a person who was kind and, and cared and loved so deeply for for people around me
0: yeah that's beautiful you know it, it's funny you say that about the tombstone and how people don't say that they want this this and this what they did what they own but you know I saw a quote a little while back and it's talk. well maybe not necessarily the cool, quote, but a, a story about you know when you meet people it's like you're going through this shopping list with them it's like well what do you do for a living and are you married? Are you single? Do you own a house? Like Mm. this is a laundry list of questions that people ask. And it's like, why is all that necessary? Why do you, like that has nothing to do with who I am as a person, but that's just how we, no, I shouldn't say we, but how some people interact when they first meet a person. But then when they pass, like you said, no one puts any of that stuff. Like no one cares about that stuff. That stuff doesn't matter. It's inconsequential
1: no and even that when we say to somebody like when i say hey brad how are you oh i'm good i'm really busy i'm working on this project i'm really and that has nothing to do with how you are but That's we think right. that
2: yes right
1: instead yes. and being honest going like if somebody were to say like how are you and if you were having just going you know what i'm okay but i'm 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 having a sad moment right yes. now yeah like how would that be if we actually were more truthful yeah. with ourselves to people
0: well how would it be too because i think that I mean, and I can't say this is for everybody, but do people really give a shit when they ask you, like, are they being genuine? (laughs) How are you? I don't think they do. I think it's just a thing to say because we've become so accustomed to saying those words. It's like, that's what you say when you meet someone or when you see someone, Hey, how you doing? Uh, You know, do you really give a shit about how they're doing? Honestly? Yes. I think. Or have you ever?
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or it would be interesting if you were to say something like, How are you? And if someone would say, Oh, I'm having a bad day. Okay, good, good. Nice to yeah. see you. Like, would they even <laughs> would they even hear it? Or would they yes. just be on autopilot? Yes.
0: Because they're yeah. yeah, exactly. They're on autopilot. That's it. It's just like this is the question. Hey, how are you? On to the next thing. They don't yeah. really give a shit. They don't it it's just a thing to say. Yes. Yeah, I think that, you know And slowing
1: down. I mean, I think that's one of the things with COVID, right? It's like, we've slowed down. We've had to, we've been forced to, but don't, do you find that you've become more like, I find that I've even become more purposeful and slower with how I do things. And I really, I got to say, I quite like it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. I, my hope is though that whenever we finally do fully come out of this thing, that we do remember what this experience was like and what we learned from it. And we continue to practice and carry it through other side of things because the world has changed, whether you want to admit it or not, the world has completely changed. And yes, there has been bad that's come out of COVID and you and I spoke about this before we came on and started recording. There has been bad that's come out of COVID, but there's been a lot of good that's come out of it too. I agree. So I just hope, my hope is that we can, carry that and remember that when we go forward when we do come out of the other side of this thing that we put into practice and keep in practice these things that we have learned
1: yes and I look forward to being able to hug people again yeah yep right like that's my I mean besides the travel and stuff absolutely but you know just because I'm such a hugger and so it's you know it's yeah, yeah I look forward to that connection for sure Yeah. What do you look forward to?
0: Getting together with, with people and being around my friends and family and Mm. stuff. That's, that's what I miss. I miss all that because this has taken that. I mean, like I said, it has been a very, very rough year and a bit, but we have, I mean, you can travel down that dark rabbit hole and get sucked into all that negativity, or you can choose to Again, see the good, find the silver lining and what this has brought about for us. Yes, we're missing certain things. Like you said, you're missing hugging people and I'm missing getting together with my friends and family and being able to spend time together in that way. But there's also been good things that have come out of this and things we have to look forward to. You can get sucked into that negativity. Mm -hmm. You just have to remember. And keep that thought of wanting to get together and hug people keep that in your mind to keep you positive, that will help, right?
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. And that we're not at our, one of the things my husband says, and I remind this is that we're not at our best right now. That's right. Right. And so we have to give people that space also, that sometimes when people snap at us or people, whether it be on social media, angry, right? Yeah. Being angry and stuff. And it's like, we're not at our best right now. And we just have to allow people to give that grace a little bit too.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, there's a certain line. Totally.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: You, you, yeah, yeah, there's a line. I you know, yeah. I've never thought about that. You're right. We do. We, we have to be patient with one another and we have to give each other that grace and space. And, remember that we're all going through, we're all in the same boat. We are, but we're navigating different water. Each one of us is navigating different waters.
1: Yeah. But I agree. There is a line. (laughs)
0: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure.
0: How has your life been different than what you imagined it would be?
1: I don't really, I don't think I ever, I think when I imagined my life, I only imagined it up to a certain point. And where I'm at now is beyond that point. It's the same with like, I don't know what you're like the same with having kids. Like you kind of have this idea and you kind of fantasize and can visualize what it's going to be like. And then all of a sudden, when you get into the teen years, I'm like, I have no idea what this looks like. (laughs) Right. And, and, but before that, because you can kind of, you're, you know, you can kind of contain it and you kind of help guide it. And then all of a sudden they start, you know, you can't, I mean, you, you know, you have influences a bit, but it's, it's their journey. And I feel like that with my life, like I got to a certain point where, and then now it's just keeps unfolding and, and I'm just enjoying the process of it and what I'm learning from it and where it's taking me. And, but I'm grateful. Like I feel, you know, I'm here. I have, again, my family and my business. I mean, I have so much to be grateful for yeah. and, it, it's yeah. And, and I, I, you know, like I said, you know, earlier in my life, it was not easy. So getting to this, I very much appreciate it. And, yeah, and I know how special this is.
0: Yeah, for sure. What is one common myth about your profession that you would like to debunk?
1: Hmm. I, th- I feel what I don't know, because I think it's different for men when you ask this question,
0: <laughs> because
1: I remember when I modeled like the the male photographers, it was like, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, be careful because and, and they did. Right. Like yeah. back then, like it was very much like photographers would hit on you and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I think being a woman and being, you know, in the time we're living in, it's not like that. Yeah. But I think, OK, you know what it would be is like when and you probably have this, too, like, you you know, people, you take the pictures mm-hmm. but there's a lot of work behind the scenes right yeah. like there's the whole first of all there's the admin yeah you know setting up the appointment i know it sounds simple but you know doing all the emails the back and forth the back yeah. and forth finding the time then you have the shoot and then doing the processing of it like doing yeah. the photoshop edit like it's a lot of there's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't see yes Right. Yep. So yes, like you get this beautiful image and you pay a certain amount of money for it, but that money also, like it's a, there's a lot of time, as you know, like if you take a picture of someone and you do, let's say you take 500 images, yeah. you know, editing that down and editing each photo and then the cropping and then the saving it and the storage and the, you know, like there's yeah. a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I don't think people realize goes into it.
0: Yeah. They just see the the finished product and think, Oh, Wow. That's a beautiful image. And, and that's, yeah, yeah, they have no idea what's, what goes in. And that
1: would be something for young people or anybody getting into photography is that it is a business. Yeah. Right. So treat it like a business, like make sure that you are on time, make sure that you confirm things that you It sounds silly, but that you pay your taxes, that you get a business number. I mean, when you talk about Annie Leibovitz, like she's unbelievable, but she went bankrupt, right? Because She didn't file her taxes and stuff like that. And I see that a lot with artists, like you're artists, you're these incredible free spirits and stuff, but there is the business part of it too. So making sure that you also have that component to
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think so often artists get into this and, and yeah, they, they turn it into business and start making money. It's like, I don't want to deal with that shit. I don't want to deal with that side of it. I'm an artist. All I want to do is, Mm. right. So you got to realize that there is another side. If you want to create a business out of what you're doing as an artist, there is the other side of it where you have to be mindful as a business person too. Absolutely. Absolutely. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or teachable moments? And what did you learn from it?
1: You know, I, I don't know the biggest one, but I have failed a lot. I, I still take, you know, I, I try different things. Like I, you know, I had some, I made some like little things like that aren't, you know, hugely expensive, but you know, I made a line of, of candles. Nobody bought them. They, everybody got them for Christmas this year. I, (laughs) you know, like I've tried bringing different things into my studio you know and and it hasn't worked and but I keep trying right yeah. like I don't try anything where it's um you know a ten thousand dollar investment right. but I do try a little thing and sometimes you know like my Sundari women book I did that and it was you know great success and I don't mean success in money but success in how women responded to it how you know the press that I got for it you know having all these women letting our voices be heard you know like that was a great success yeah but then I've done other little projects where oh not so much and it's like but that's okay because it's like you know we have to fail. Like that's, that's where we learn and we, and we're not going to hit it out of the park every time. And, and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that also, as long as it's not something that would affect me or my family in a bad
0: way. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I think for me, one of my biggest is around mindset. I was, and we spoke about this earlier, I was one of those people of the mindset where I was always worried about what other photographers were doing. And I honestly and wholeheartedly believe, as I said earlier, when I was able to shift that mindset, things completely changed. So I think that my failure was being stuck in that mindset and letting it control and hamper what I was trying to do with my business. Because when I changed that, my business opened up, I started getting more inquiries and more mm. bookings. And so I would say that was probably one of my biggest failures is getting stuck in that mindset. And I was in that mindset for a while, well over a year. It took me a while to get out of that and get into the community yes. of a competition. And I've learned that, it's, sorry, go ahead. Because
1: it's, it's fear, right? Yeah.
0: Yep. For and sure. And fear,
1: we don't realize like fear actually shuts things down.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's fear
1: of like, oh, what if somebody's better than me? What if they get my idea? What if they book with Yeah, it's all. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm going to lose that gig. And oh, no, you know, I learned that my only competition is me. As long Mm -hmm. as I can look back at my work and see that I've improved over the course of time, that's all that matters. So I would say mindset, getting stuck in that horrible mindset was one of my biggest failures and letting it dictate and control where I went with things. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a that very, aware tough, of that. it really yeah. is a tough thing to get into that mindset. Mindset is so important to life in general, to everything. If you don't have the right, right mindset, you're screwed. Yeah. You really and one right. of the
1: things that I learned too is that I read in a book about forgiveness and We can forgive people, but it doesn't mean like it's a list, like check that's done. So you could forgive something, but then you could see something in a movie or you see someone and it can trigger it again, right? Like that emotion or that event. And it's the same thing with what you're talking about. Like, even though you know, that fear, it's like, it doesn't mean that it still doesn't rear its head sometimes, no. but now you're able to go like, okay, I know why that's there yeah. and I'm just going to let that go. And, and you can do it quicker where it used yep. to take maybe like a couple of days. Now you can do it like in a minute or yeah. in night, like it takes 90 seconds to change a thought, right? Like if yeah. you stay with it and you can kind of go, okay, I know where this is coming from. I'm feeling insecure. And then you can let it go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a hard thing to learn though, and train your mind to get it into is. that. Right? It's it's, it's a practice. It's easy to get stuck in that negative mindset. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know about you, but I still get nervous before a shoot. I right? all every shoot, no matter what it is, headshots or boudoir it doesn't I get nervous before every single shoot and you know I've talked with Oh, I
1: love that
0: I've talked with different people about this and they say you know what that's not a bad thing that's a good thing because that keeps you grounded and it lets lets you know that you're not too comfortable and you're not too what's the word too cocky I guess for lack of a better term that you you know that you still get nervous that's a good thing that you still get nervous I've had people say I'd be worried if you weren't nervous before a shoot
1: Yeah. It's because you care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. It's, it's yeah, my stomach still gets in knots before a shoot. and I mean, it, it has, as you said, with time, you learn to kind of calm yourself and it gets less and less as you become more seasoned or further into your business or whatever you want to call it. It does lessen, but it doesn't go away. For me anyways, it hasn't gone away. I still get nervous. And I mean, I've been shooting for not professionally, but I've been shooting photography has been in my life since high school. So years, decades, like you, I started out shooting black and white and developing my own images in the darkroom. I took photography in high school. And so it's been years. It's been part of my life, but Mm -hmm. I mean, it, for me, it doesn't go away. It's still there.
1: Yeah. I think that's sweet. I like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of it as sweet, but okay. (laughs) If you could set up a billboard anywhere, where would you put it? And what would it say?
1: If I could set up a billboard, I don't know where, okay, let's say we're in Toronto. Yep. I don't know. Let's say around the like a busy area. And I would, it would probably just say breathe. Breathe. Yeah. (laughs) Just breathe.
0: Okay. Yeah. Can we circle back to the advice question?
1: Yeah. What was the question? What advice What is, was what is given? one of
0: the best pieces of advice you've ever received?
1: Hmm.
0: It doesn't have to be the best, but one of the best, one that really sticks out for you.
1: I think, you know what I have? A, I remember um, a friend of mine once we went for dinner and I was single at the time. And she said to me, she said, just live your life and be who you are and trust that what you desire is coming to you. And I remember that night going home, I'm a journal writer. And I remember that night going home and writing in my journal, just sort of what she had said and what that meant to me. And then two weeks later, I met my husband. And I don't know if it, but I think that I just, I, I think it's that trusting of yourself because sometimes yeah. like what you were saying, when we don't, you know, when fear sets in, we try to control things,
2: Yeah. but when
1: you can just sort of trust yourself and through that things will unfold, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, we're gonna do a little rapid fire section here. So yeah. the next group of okay. questions would be like one, two, three-word answers, okay? Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word?
1: Goofy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what makes you smile?
1: Oh my gosh. My my husband, my family, my dog, my friends.
0: Okay. What would be the perfect birthday gift for you?
1: Oh, right now, roller skates
0: wow roller skates yeah we're going back back to the 70s we're going back
1: yeah to the roller palace
0: (laughs) awesome if you were writing your autobiography what would the title be
1: again you know what it sounds corny but breathe
0: okay if you came with a warning label what would yours say
1: Mm, a warning label Oh, that's a good question. And I'm not doing a rapid fire with that, am I? Oh, I don't know. My my mind has gone blank. (laughs) I'm so sorry.
0: That's okay. No problem.
1: Yeah. Be prepared to cry, I guess, because I'm very (laughs) emotional and I tend to break, you know? I don't know.
0: (laughs) If you had a theme song that played every time you walked into a room, what song would that be?
1: Uh, Bruce Springsteen, Baby, We Were Born to Run. Okay
0: money or fame money early bird or night owl early bird if you could teach the world one thing what would it be
1: just trust in something that is bigger than you and that you are perfect the way you are
0: if you could change one thing about the world what would you change nothing what is one thing you want but cannot buy with money
1: one thing that i want but i cannot buy with money I'd like to go to cross over to the other side and come back again.
0: Okay. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books?
1: I'm a huge Brene Brown fan. I think she's, all her stuff is incredible. And there's this other woman who I'm in love with right now, Martha Beck, about living with integrity. And she's incredible too.
0: Entrepreneurial life is? Amazing. If I had an extra hour a day, I would?
1: If I had an extra hour a day, I would. Right now, I haven't been sleeping well, so I would say sleep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lastly, for the rapid fire, my favorite way to unwind is?
1: Uh, meditate.
0: Okay. Helen, what's the most recent investment you've made in yourself?
1: I just did a law, a course online through the University of Alberta on Indigenous Studies. Okay. And it's a free course that they're offering. And I realized, I guess it was a few months ago, that I really embarrassingly don't know a lot about Canada and about First Nations. And I just felt like it's something that I wanted to know and understand more. And they were offering this free course, and I took it. And it's sad and amazing, and I learned a lot from it.
0: That's very cool.
1: Yeah.
0: If you could go back... And give your younger self one piece of advice. What would that piece of advice be?
1: That you're enough.
0: Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> I love you. I thank you. I will be with you even when I am not here. And I can't wait until we meet again.
0: Beautiful. Helen, thank you so very much for taking the time to be here.
1: This was so much
0: fun. Yeah. This this was You're
1: really good at this. (laughs)
0: This was this has been an incredibly inspirational and enjoyable chat. I'm over the moon excited with how well the conversation has flowed and you are such an inspiration and a beautiful human being. And I just, I appreciate you taking the time to be here. And you are now part thank of the you. Empowerography community. And I, I thank you. And, and I yeah, am so Yeah, and thank that, you. And, and, you and were- I
1: really, yeah. And I think it's what I love is that you're a man who is doing this because this is what we need for the change. We need men to step up and to help celebrate women, right? Yes. And the fact that you are doing this and that you are dedicating your time and your podcast to lifting up women and empowering women and shedding light on them is so wonderful. And we need more men like you out there doing this. So thank you so much for this.
0: Wow. Thank you for that. Those incredibly kind words. And honestly, the honor and pleasure has been all mine. I mean, I've said this many times, it, without women like yourself, this platform, this podcast doesn't even exist. So I am right. so grateful and and thankful and appreciative for for you taking the time out of your day to be here and share your story and your journey with the hopes that we can help reach and inspire as many women as we possibly can.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Helen Tanzi. She is a headshot photographer based right here in Toronto. Thank you so much, Helen. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day.
2: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.